Revelations 21 tonight, and then next week we'll do Revelations 22, and then we'll be out of it. Now, we could have really took a lot of more uh, deeper insight into Revelations 21 22, uh, but I was just wanting to uh, finish out the book before uh, May ended, and right now we're on schedule to do that. And uh, so... Uh, uh, this is good for everybody tonight. Now you might drop in on a Revelations teaching if you hadn't been there, and you might be kind of lost uh, somewhere in the middle of the book. But Revelations 21 and 22, anybody could walk in and get something out of it. And uh, so uh, we hope you will uh, get something out of it tonight. Marty and Connie, uh, are they in Wyoming, Brennan? Yeah. Okay, well, I talked to them last night and they said they were going to Wyoming this morning. Marty's niece is taking them on a vacation and they're going to the Grand Canyon and uh, seeing all those uh, presidents on that mountain and all that stuff. And uh, so I'm just tickled for them and uh, let's just all pray they'll have a great time. Uh, if anybody deserves it, they do. And uh, Amen. I just hope Marty don't lose everything he's got at Las Vegas. Let's pray for him. Maybe he'll come back and say, I've got a large donation I want to make to the church. <laughs> Revelations 21. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them. They shall be His God. And God Himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And He that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And He said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving, the abominable, murders and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And there came unto me one of the seven angels which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues and talked with me saying, Come hither and I'll show thee the, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the whole of Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like jasper stone, clear as crystal. And had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. Of the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city, and the gates thereof, and the wall thereof. And the city lieth four square, and the length is as large as a breath. 
And he measured the city with the reed and 12,000 furloughs, the length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. And he measured the wall thereof, 140 and four cubits, according to the measure of a man that is of the angel. And the building of the wall, it was of jasper, and the city was of pure gold, like unto clear glass. And the foundation of the wall of the city was garnished with all manner of precious stones. And the first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third Carcedonia, the fourth an emerald, the fifth uh, sardonyx, the sixth sardis, and the seventh crystallite, the eighth beryl, the ninth a t- uh, topaz, the tenth chrysophus, uh, uh, cry- so, uh, the eleventh adjacent, the twelfth amist, and the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every several gates was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold as it was transparent glass. And I saw no temple therein for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb or the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor unto it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nation unto it. And there shall in no wise enter in anything that defileth, neither whatsoever work of the abomination or maketh a lie, but they that are written in the Lamb's uh, book of life. Uh, John here, uh, verses 1 down through verse 4, uh, John sees now that finally after 8,007 years that God has in Christ Jesus done away with sin and all that has been connected with it. Tears, death, sorrow, crying, pain, all that was brought into the world by the disobedience of the first Adam. He has taken out of the new world by the obedience, or taken out into the new world by the obedience of uh, the second man, or the second Adam. And uh, they have, uh, all these things have passed away, and they have come to pass, and better things are ahead. So, uh, what we have here in the uh, God's timeline from Adam until Revelations 21, from Adam uh, to the flood, we have 2,000 years. From the flood to the cross, we have 2,000 years. And from the cross to the end of the age, we have 2,000 years. So, all them added up is 6,000 years. The Bible said man's number is six. And so man stays upon the earth for 6,000 years. At the end of that 6,000 years, we come to the end of the age. And and what happens then is there's a thousand years of Jesus Christ ruling and reigning. So when we take, uh, when we take uh, 2,000 from Adam to the flood, uh, 2,000 from the flood to the cross, 2,000 from the cross to the end of the age, and then add 1,000 to it, uh, we come to the number 8. Now, man's day is 6. After man's day is over, uh, Jesus Christ is going to rule and reign here upon the earth for 1,000 years. At the end of that 1,000 years, which will be, uh, there's no time in eternity, but it would be 8,000 and eight in Bible numerology is uh, the beginning or the number of new things. And so 
uh, after uh, 6,000 years of sin and man and what they've done, a thousand years of Jesus Christ ruling and reigning upon the earth, we're going to end, end, enter into a perfect eternity, the beginning of new things. Our scripture for that is Second Peter, Second uh, Peter chapter uh, three, and you Bible people know this. But it said uh, in verse eight, "But beloved, be ign- be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord's a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day." And so, uh, God's got it all uh, laid out there. Amen. Uh, and uh, uh, let's let's look at uh, Romans five and verse fourteen uh, real quick. Uh, Romans five and verse fourteen. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. I read that the other day and it stumped me. I said, why did God say from Adam to Moses? It looks like He would say from Adam to Jesus. And I called a Brother Charles Mustin, I said, Charles, i got a theological question for you. And he said, you called the right man. And I, I asked him, and he said, Brother Rick, it's so simple. He said, the answer is so simple, but right now I don't know what it is. <laughs> and uh, so I thought I had the commentaries on Romans, but I didn't have any except Harry Arnside. And, uh, and I got it out and opened it up, and it was like Charles said, it was so simple. Uh, and a lot of things you can't figure out in the Bible are like that. They're so simple. You're looking for something real hard. And it's so simple. But the reason he said from Adam to Moses is because that he's showing Moses brought the law. But he's showing us that death reigned even before the law. Uh, after uh, Adam sinned, that it rained even before Moses came and wrote the law. So that was the reason of it. Look in uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter uh, 15. First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 22 said, For in Adam all die. And that's true. Even so in Christ shall all be made alive, but every man in his own own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterwards they that Christ is coming, and then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet, and the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. That brings us to Revelation twenty one. And verse 4, the Bible said there'll be no more death. So that's where we're at. Our Lord Jesus declared salvation's plan and He finished it upon the cross some 3,007 years before this. Uh, he said it is finished. And now it is announced by God's plan that the whole plan is finished. Not just salvation is finished, but now God's whole redemption plan is finished. And uh, the Bible tells us that those that are overcomers, 
They shall now receive their inheritance. We received our salvation, but we hadn't got our inheritance yet. And uh, the Bible said to get that inheritance, you must be an overcomer. First John 5 and 4, this is a victory that overcometh the world, uh, even our faith. Uh, Romans 8 and uh, verse 17 talks about this time. Romans 8 and verse number 17. And if the children then heirs, heirs of God and join heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. So there's an inheritance. First Peter 1 tells us about that inheritance in First Peter chapter number 1. And I like what it says in First Peter chapter 1 and verse 4. Two and we well said it maybe verse three. Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven uh, for you. So thank God that uh, we have an inheritance coming, and a lot of people down here they. Uh, parents struggled along, barely made it, didn't have nothing to leave. When my daddy died, me and my sister went out to the uh, nursing home about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, and we put everything daddy had in two little cardboard boxes. Uh, that's all he had. And uh, he, he just struggled to get by. And uh, that's all right. He didn't leave anything of monumental value, but he did leave us some love and good memories and and uh, most of all, uh, a testimony uh, that he'd been saved by the grace of God. And uh, so a lot of people, they get cut out of the wheel. Uh, and, uh, and for all the different reasons we can go into. Uh, but thank God this one's laid up for us. And uh, the Bible said it's undefiled and it fadeth not away. Praise God. Question says there are tears in heaven until Revelation is twenty one four. Is that true or false? Well let me ask you this. How could he wipe them away if it wasn't none there? He will at that point in time. But we know, we already know, uh, look in Revelations 5 and 4, heavenly scene. Revelations 5 and verse 4. He's in heaven. John said, I wept much. Now we'd be stretching it. Those souls that are in the altar in chapter 6, the Bible said they cried, but it emphasizes with a loud voice. And uh, so I can't, uh, I'd be stretching it to say they were crying. But we know at the judgment seat of Christ, and we suffer loss. Uh, matter of fact, that's when this act takes place that God wipes away all tears. Now, uh, as to. As to how much or how many or when they are, uh, I know as 
Brother Bill said, there's questions that come to mind. We don't want to think about our loved ones being up in heaven uh, weeping all the time, and I don't believe that's the case. Uh, but I believe uh, that we'd have to say that there is tears in heaven up to Revelation 21 verse 4. Uh, because there, uh, there, Sister Richie come in quoting the verse tonight, verse 4, and I told her that uh, one time I was reading that, and, and I began to think, and I said, God must have handkerchiefs bigger than bed sheets uh, if He's going to wipe away all the tears. Because boy, there's been a lot of them down here in this old world, and there's going to be a lot more of them uh, before it's over with. But I'm glad that one of these days that God's going to wipe away all tears from our eyes. Amen. Now, you know, there's tears of joy and uh, there's tears of sorrow. The Bible said here God's going to wipe away all tears. Brother Ed. Yes, sir. That's exactly right. Uh, all the things that make us cry are listed in the verse. Uh, a lot of them. It's not maybe everything, but uh, that's a whole lot of them. And uh, the former things are passed away. Been a lot of crying during that tribulation period, uh, for sure. And, uh, yep. Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. Th- I do think that. Matter of fact, we're going to be there. Uh, of course, the Great White Throne Judgment is a courtroom setting, and we're going to be there. I talked about that uh, sometime here recently, and uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be there, possibly as witnesses. Uh, we're going to be there uh, at that, and so yes. Uh, no doubt, uh, no doubt. If we see our loved ones uh, cast into the lake of fire, that's going to bring weeping. But Isaiah 65, I believe it is, said there's a point there that the former things are all wiped away, and we don't have any bad memories or any recollection uh, of all of that. And uh, and our, our our thinking will be like uh, Philippians talks about. Uh, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things of a good report, be any virtue, be any praise, think on these things. And in heaven we'll only be able to think on those things. Uh, but uh, the answer to that question, in my opinion, is uh, true. It's true. Uh, John says in verse 10, and he said, He carried me away in the Spirit to a great and high mountain, and show me that great city, the whole of Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Uh, John said he carried me. Well, the only way to get to heaven is to be carried. And uh, men make all these uh, uh, objects and spaceships and going to uh, the moon, the third heaven. And I seen a little thing yesterday. Of course, y'all know my Jackie Gleason story. And by the way. Uh, Brother Grady's book is complete. He's sending me a case of them. I only have 24. They'll be $20 a piece. And uh, they're paperback. 
Uh, if you want one, you, you, I'm going to take names, and uh, they'll probably be gone before they get here. But he put my Jackie Gleason story in that book. And he kind of used it as leverage. He said, Brother Rick, I got my book done, and you do know I featured you in that book. So you need to help me sell them. Uh, but I've seen a thing, Brother Grady, almost every night of my life, Brother Grady sends me on Messenger a Jackie Gleason old uh, rerun. I think he thinks that's all I think about. <laughs> and the other day he sent me one and there were two astronauts on the moon and they're, they're down there and they're picking this woman up and one of them says, it's Alice Cramden. Y'all don't watch Jackie Gleason, do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. But the only way there is to get to heaven, if it was, if man could get there, he'd have been there. Yeah. But the only way to get to heaven is you got to be carried there. John said uh, that he carried me. Lazarus died, and the Bible said the angels came and they carried him. So I believe when somebody dies, uh, I believe that's why we have these six pallbearers that are packing people when they die. Uh, I believe that God dispatches seven angels and uh, takes a person home when they die. And uh, over 42 years, I've been in some deathbed scenes and around the room that gave me even more credibility to believe that. Uh, because people get to seeing things and talking about things that I can't see and I can't hear. And uh, so there's another world out there. You say, we can't see them tonight. We're not in that world. We're in the physical world. That's the spiritual world. And uh, as Brother uh, Arnold said, he preached that great message here on how far is heaven. And he said, it's right here. It's just in another dimension. It's just... A step over. The Bible said there's a step between me and death. And so, uh, so we're going to get carried to heaven. That's going to happen when the rapture takes place. And John sees three things here of that city, John says. And John says it's a holy city. Revelations 21.10 and he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem. We've never seen a holy city. Some call that, but they're not really a holy city. But God wouldn't live nowhere else than, except somewhere where it's holy. Amen. Amen. Okay, it has the glory of God in it. Verse 11. Having the glory of God. And Revelation 21-23 says it's a city of light. There's a city of light where there cometh no night. Caleb leads it here a lot of times. That's what he's singing about. Thank God there's a city of light. Amen. Uh, amen. I'm going to leave the darkness behind and go into the light. The Bible said the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten the place. Brother Eddie. They got a big thing going on right now about UFOs. I personally believe I'm already demonic, but anyway, I'm glad, praise God, one of these days, I'll be beyond the UFOs. I'll be where? You got to be saved to go, amen. 
Amen. Somebody asked Preacher Mace Jackson if he believed in uh, flying saucers. And he said, bless God, I've been married for 40 years. What do you think? Amen. All I know is I ain't seen nothing. And if there's anybody on other planets, I heard a preacher say, old preacher the other day, good, good thought. He was preaching along that line. And he said, there ain't nobody else out there. He said, because, he said, if there's anybody else out there, he said, they wouldn't be under. They wouldn't need Jesus Christ. Because Adam wasn't on that planet. They wasn't in that race Adam lived in. And the Bible said that God made the earth to be inhabited. Amen. Amen. So what is all that? Who knows? I'm sure one of these days we'll find out. I think it will play in the last day scenarios after the rapture of the church and they'll say UFOs took us away. Uh, we're not going away in an unidentified flying object. We are the unidentified flying object. Amen. Amen. Uh, we're going to leave here and uh, we're going to heaven. Uh, what was it? Uh, yes, sir. Made in China. Human footprint. And the middle toe of that dinosaur print went into the human footprint, smudged it out. So, so much for the billions and billions and billions. Amen. Awesome. Amen. The Bible says in, in answer to that, uh, I mean, the Bible is so uh, plain about this. Uh, if I can uh, find the verse, uh, yes, verse 11. Of Ecclesiastes 3, the Bible said, He hath made everything beautiful in His time. Also, He has set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. God says they can't find it out, but they just won't listen. You know, they just won't believe what they read. It's like people say Jesus is coming. Uh, May the 30th, 2022. And the Bible plainly says, no man knows the day or the hour. doesn't say the, the month or the season, but no man knows the day or the hour. But yet, over, over and over and over again, people keep saying, I got it figured out. People, we just gotta, we just got to believe what we read. And not let the world, you know, get us off. Yeah, could be. And uh, like, uh, I've always thought about half of them was just uh, uh, Russian, China, and all this different stuff that they've got that we don't even know about. And uh, as that preacher said, said the uh, uh, the Russians sent them up in outer space and called them cosmonauts. 
and said the Americans sent them up and called them astronauts and said God's going to take them up and they're going to be was nots. And uh, we're not going to be here anymore. Uh, amen. And uh, amen. So, you know, John, you just think about what all he's wrote and what all he's seen. Don't you know this is a breath of fresh air? Amen. Uh, when he sees all this and, and, uh, and, yeah, he can sing that song now. It'll be worth it after all. Uh, amen. Father Long will know all about it. And Father Long, we will understand why. And, uh, you know, some, Dake's Bible, I like Dake's Bible. I use it some. I just don't believe all the footnotes in it. Uh, and I don't guess any Bible with man's footnotes in it are all 100% correct. I like Schofield, but it's not all correct. And if I wrote one, probably half of them wouldn't be. Uh, but they're helpful. But Dake says that the bride of Christ is this city because of the way it's worded. And he said, Come hither and I'll show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the Spirit to a great and high mountain. Now, I believe he has wrongly supposed the city itself to be the bride of Christ. Cities do not get married. Cities do not get married. People do. So in light of what we just read in Revelations 19, verse 7 through 8, we conclude it is the Lamb's wife because this is where that she will live. She will live in this city. Cities are spoken of as good or bad, but cities are neither good or bad. Uh, I'll quote my dad tonight. Sheila will remember this uh, because Daddy had a lot. He said it a lot, and uh, he said uh, somebody. He'd say, somebody said, we got a bad world. He said, we don't have a bad world. He said, we just got a lot of bad people. He said, God gave us a good world, but there's a, a lot of bad people in it. And so cities are neither good or bad. It's the people that's in it. And some cities are better than others. And usually the bigger the city, the more the sin. Uh, that's almost a given. Uh, Chicago, uh, Las Vegas... They even call Las Vegas Sin City. Uh, amen. How many's been to Las Vegas? All right, Sister Dan, come to the altar piano, please. All right. I've never had a desire to go there. I see enough of it right here. Uh, but uh, help yourself. Uh, okay, let's make a note here. Uh, again, to get to this city from earth, you must be carried by the angels. And in the Spirit, the city is descending out of heaven from God when John sees it. At this particular time, the city will come down out of heaven and hover over planet earth. We'll have excess backwards and forth. The first thing John notices about the city again is it's holy it has God's glory in it. It's a city of light. Uh, amen. John sees the high walls. They're great. And these walls are equal to a 22-story building high. That's uh, how high these walls are. That would be 200 feet tall. Anything tonight over 20 stories is called a skyscraper. Even now with buildings, much more stores than that. Anything 20 stores over is still called a skyscraper. 
There are twelve gates and twelve angels. St. Peter is not at the gate. Uh, we've heard all of these uh, jokes and things uh, about uh, St. Peter. I shared with Brother Bill, he was discussing the law and how that some of the things in the law seem almost crazy and they do to us. And I've had the same feeling reading through there some of the things that God says in the law that you're not to do. We're like, you know, what's the big deal? Uh, but I told him that what I feel like God showed me in reading Deuteronomy and Exodus is that God put all that in there to show us just how holy God is. Things that we think are silly are holy to God. And the things that you and I, people say, oh, it's just a little, just a little lie, or uh, I just took a little drink, or, you know, things that are minute to us that may seem nothing and silly. God put all this in the law to show us how holy God is. And I told him the illustration of the man that he died and went to heaven, was met at the gate by the gatekeeper. And the gatekeeper said, why should I let you in? And he said, well, I've taught Sunday school for 40 years. He said, that won't work. You can't get in on that. He said, what else you got? And he said, well, I've been married to the same woman for 60 years. He said, that won't work. You can't get in on that. He said, what else you got? And he said, well, I've belonged to First Baptist Church for the all ever since I got baptized. And he said, you can't get in on that. And he goes on and on and on, and finally the man gets so frustrated, he said, nobody could get in this place but by the grace of God. He said, that's it, come on in. That's the way the law is. The law is showing us, I mean, when you go through the law, when you get through of it, you think, man, I ain't got to change. I can't even keep these ten. And that's just ten. There's a whole lot more than ten. And all of that is just to bring us to see how holy that God is. And that we could never get to heaven or attain heaven except by Jesus Christ. And the blood that He shed upon the cross of Calvary. The gates are a hundred feet wide. There are twelve of them and there are three on each side. They're a pearl. One large pearl. Twelve of them. One hundred feet wide. Why a pearl? That's to remind you and me every time we come in and out of the gate that we wouldn't be able to do that were not for the suffering of Christ on the cross. Pearls are made by suffering. A little thing gets in there and gets in the side and it forms a pearl. And... Uh, and so the gates, everything in heaven is there to remind us of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Everywhere we look, we're going to see Him. And then we're going to actually see Him. What names are on the foundation? Well, the Bible tells us we read 12 apostles minus Judas. The argument is, who's going to take Judas' place? And some have said Paul, who would be a good candidate. Some have said Matthias, who, who won the lot when it was thrown to take Judas' place. Uh, 
I don't know because the Bible don't tell me. That'll be something we look see when we get there, ain't it? I heard Jimmy Swaggart teaching years ago and he said, who knows, one of them might be Jimmy. Wrong. I mean, the pride that must be in a man to even think that his name might be one of those. That was years ago. And uh, before he failed, he's much more humbler now. And, uh, and uh, I see more power to him. Every time I've ever heard him preach, he preaches the cross. It's the only thing he ever preaches anymore for the last 25 years, ever how long it's been. preaches on the cross. Uh, what is the foundation? Well, uh, the Bible tells us here in, uh, in our reading, it said, And the wall and the city had twelve foundations, and in them the name of the twelve apostles and the Lamb. But they're not the foundation. First uh, Corinthians 3 and verse 11, the Bible tells us there, and it could only be, it could only be that way. The Bible said that, For other foundation can no man lay that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the foundation. That's what the church is built upon. That's what everything's built upon. Thank God. Uh, This city is as large in measurement, if we were to measure it, this city is as large as the United States of America. And uh, people that study out that kind of stuff and uh, look at that kind of stuff, it says that a place that big enough, basically as large as the United States, it's plenty big for not only all who have been born again, but all who have been born, period, said one theologian. Heaven's not going to be crowded we're going to have plenty of room. We're not going to be cramped in. There's going to be uh, plenty of room. But you've got to remember that everybody don't live in that city. See, Israel's an earthly people. God's going to make a new heaven and a new earth, and we don't have time to, to get into all that tonight. So, uh, we know uh, verse 23 through 27 tells us something. Some things that are not needed there. You remember when Brother Johnny come one Wednesday night and he went through all that hundred things of what wasn't going to be there. And they were all earthly things, you know. Some of them not too good. Uh, But he tells us uh, some things not needed there and some things that will not be there. The sun is not needed there. And some have thought it won't be there. Don't say that. It says it's not needed. Because Jesus Christ outshines the sun. Amen. There will be no security there. When Adam and Eve sinned, the cherubims were there with flaming swords, kind of like security guards. But no security is needed there because Matthew tells us there is no thieves there, no murders there, no sexual perverts there. They're all in the lake of fire. And no thieves able to enter in. Now, uh, here's a kicker tonight. I'll leave you something to go home to think on. This is Revelations 21. This is after the seven-year tribulation. This is after the marriage supper of the Lamb and the Bride. 
that we see all this. I do not believe that anybody is in a place like we read about tonight. You say, why? Because that don't take place to Revelations 21. But we know to be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord. So where are they at? Well, they're in heaven. They're at a place like uh, they're at a place like uh, we read about in Revelations five around the throne, and they're singing and they're worshiping and they're praising God. But this place here, uh, we enter into it as the bride of Christ after we're married. Right. That's heaven and earth. Yeah. A new heaven, a new earth. It's kind of like the tears, you know. It's, uh, you couldn't wipe them away if there wasn't any there. And uh, as he says here, uh, it's kind of like uh, when Lazarus died, the Bible said he went to a place called Abraham's bosom, which was paradise. We study our Bible in Ephesians 5, tied all together. Hell was on one side, paradise on the other side. If you died before the cross, uh, if you was lost, you went to hell's side. If you were saved, you went to paradise side. So when Jesus died, the Bible said that He told that thief, today you'll be with Me in heaven. No, that's not what He said. He said, today you'll be with Me in paradise. Paradise was down there. But when Jesus died, he before He ascended, He first descended, Ephesians 5. And the Bible said He went down there and, and led captive, captivity captive. He, he moved paradise from down there to up there. So paradise is not down there anymore. Paradise is up there. Paul got caught up into paradise. So if you and I die, where are we going? We're going to paradise. And you'll like it a lot better than Glasgow, Kentucky. And then after we wait, I mean, how could a man rightly take a woman into, from a biblical standpoint, how could a man rightly take a woman into his father's house until he's first married to her? The marriage takes place in Revelations 19 and then the honeymoon. Amen. Lord's going to carry us over the threshold into the place where that we're going to be. Amen. It's all there. There's nothing that happens down here on planet earth that somewhere or another didn't come out of the Bible. Uh, if we study it and look at it long enough. Amen. Amen. Okay, I just told you not what I feel like. You don't have to believe that if you don't want to. I still shout on songs. Amen. I need no mansion there. And all that still blesses me and everything, but I just believe it's going to be a little while before I get my mansion. I'll be in paradise. Alright, anybody have a question or